Hey, it's your host, Charlotte Tuberfield, and welcome to the Holistic Marketing Podcast, the show that inspires you to think holistically about yourself, your business, and your marketing to ignite the impact you desire to have in the world. We'll learn what it takes to be seen and heard in the digital space from leading experts and myself as the founder and CEO of Chipperfield Media. Get ready to own your marketing by exploring the intersection of purpose and proactive marketing to move your business forward. So welcome to another episode of the Holistic Marketing Podcast. Today I'm welcoming Katherine Smith, who is the founder of Walton Birch and a fellow marketing content creator helping entrepreneurs leverage digital marketing and Shopify as a robust marketing platform for makers and product-oriented entrepreneurs. Today, we're going to discuss using Shopify as an e-commerce platform and the marketing tools available to you to help you market and sell your products for your small business. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, I'd love for you to maybe give a little intro into who you are, what your world looks like, and, and what your mission is. Um, sure. So my name is Catherine R. Smith. I'm a marketing coach and consultant based in Marietta, Georgia, which is just outside of Atlanta. Um, I work with small businesses and entrepreneurs to help them grow their business with online marketing. Amazing. And I know that you work with a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs and nonprofits to assist them with their digital marketing strategies and really developing insights and one of the platforms you love to work with is Shopify because of its robust marketing tools. And this is also something I've experienced with some clients who have been on Shopify. Um, it's much more of a kind of all-in-one platform and there's so many tools available. So I'd love for you to maybe give us a little overview of like why you love Shopify over other platforms like Etsy or Wix, or if we're building our own website. Um, Maybe if you have some insight there into why Shopify is sort of the leader in, in e-commerce for selling products. Sure. Uh, that's a great question. And I, I do love answering it. <laughs> um, so I got my start in um, web design. So I, I've been on kind of both sides of the uh, internet spectrum. And, and so coming from, uh, you know, a web designer, I've built a lot of websites in like WordPress and Wix before it was super easy to build websites online. Um, and WordPress kind of changed that. It made uh, building websites very accessible to, you know, the average person. Um, and I feel like Shopify has done that same thing for e-commerce. Um, uh, on WordPress currently, uh, it's it's kind of a process to set things up. You know, you have to install a couple of plugins, you have to create accounts and things like that. And it can be a little tedious, but the very first time I went through a Shopify setup, it was super fast and super easy. And I've been a fan um, ever since. I think that um, people that don't have a lot of kind of technical skill or even just a desire to be behind the scenes of a website can very easily set up a Shopify um, a storefront. And there are a lot of integrations and uh, robust tools built into the app or that come with that basic subscription that can help you just build an e-commerce store from scratch and have it up and actually selling sites within or not selling sites, actually selling products uh, within one day. <laughs> Yes, I know. I think that's what's so cool about all these different tools. I mean, my website's on Squarespace and I've used that for years and um, I've helped other people create Wix sites or Weebly sites. And it's been really great, especially if you're a service-based business that just needs like a five-page website where it's like home about maybe your services, your contact. 
uh, maybe you have a blog. And so for the service piece businesses, I think those are so great because you can literally just drag and drop and, and have a website pretty quickly. Um, and that's what I think is so wonderful about Shopify. Like you said, it's done that for e-commerce where I think Squarespace and some of these other like Wix platforms, like you can sell products on there now, but it feels a little bit more cumbersome. And some of the things I've experienced in the back end of Shopify is a lot of like the fulfillment of the products and the shipping and setting that piece up, I think is a lot more robust on the back end. And so let's say that maybe like an entrepreneur, maybe they're like a soap maker and they have, you know, they've set up their Shopify site. So what kind of tools do you think allow Shopify to stand out from like a marketing perspective? So once you have your shop up and running. Sure. Um, so Shopify is, uh, it's kind of a, it's a subscription-based website. So you pay, you know, the, I think $29 a month for the basic plan. Uh, and in that basic plan, you, you pretty much get everything you need to do e-commerce or have it an e-commerce website. Um, and that includes uh, like a, a lightweight uh, CRM or customer relationship management platform. So um, you could put a subscribe here or basic form on your website and capture that information and Shopify will save it as customers uh, and then do actually auto um, do the double opt-in automatically um, so that you can get subscribers very easily. And there is an actual built-in um, email broadcast function in Shopify, um, but I actually recommend going with a different uh, integration for email marketing. But if you just wanted to just start from scratch and, uh, you know, you have 10 customers and you wanted to let them know, hey, you know, I'm on um, Shopify now, the shop is open. Shopify makes it very easy to do that within the platform. You don't have to go outside the platform to do those things. I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I realized... I wanted to ask a question kind of going back even before the marketing tools and thinking about if I am an entrepreneur deciding to use Shopify, like what, what do I need to know to get started? Maybe that's a better place to start. And then we can go more into some of the marketing pieces. Oh yeah, that's a good point. And I get that question a lot. Um, you know, people are asking, when do I need, you know, is Shopify the best platform for me? Is Shopify better than, you know, Wix or Weebly or Squarespace or, um, WordPress uh, or Etsy or eBay, you know, or any of those other kind of marketplace sites. And I'm a big fan of kind of starting somewhere. So start where you are. Uh, if you don't have a ton of time, if you don't have a ton of capital or a ton of uh, technical know-how, then definitely selling on a marketplace site would be a good option for you. Um, I recommend Shopify for um, merchants or vendors that are a little bit past what I call the hobby stage. So a lot of people that kind of start out on sites like Etsy, or if you're selling like t-shirts, Redbubble, or maybe on eBay, um, it's a marketplace site. So it's very easy to list your products or list your items there. And you have just a steady flow of traffic. People are coming to your products and, uh, you know, when people show up and buy something, it's like, oh, okay, hey, great. You know, these people don't know who I am, but they found me on this platform and that was a great source of traffic. Uh, however, over the course of time, I've noticed that for um, merchants that the, the competition is a lot. So having um, ads or other products shown within your listings 
has the potential to take away from your listings sometimes. And as certain categories get uh, saturated or as more and more people are creating products that fit into these categories, it becomes kind of like a, a price battle or a battle to the bottom when it comes to pricing. And that can be really challenging for someone uh, whose e-commerce store or whose sh- or products are um, a, a major source of income or a primary source of income. Um, so first of all, I would recommend Shopify to someone who is building that or has built that customer base up either at like farmer's markets or in-person events or on those marketplace websites. And they want to take their e-commerce and their marketing to the next level. And I say that because uh, Shopify allows you to kind of own that audience. So because there's not uh, that kind of organic traffic from search or from like a marketplace search, the people that are coming to your site are there because they're interested in your brand or in your product. So it's a lot easier to kind of keep their interest and it's a lot easier to present your value proposition to them. So it's not just, oh man, my product is priced cheaper than the next product. You can actually Um, you know, be very competitive and be a little bit more thoughtful about your pricing and about the way that your products are merchandised and you don't have to stuff keywords into your listings and things like that. Uh, So the first thing I would consider, first thing that I would suggest that someone consider, you know, before going to Shopify is, you know, is this still kind of a hobby for me or is this something that I want to take to the next level? Do I want to take my e-commerce marketing to the next level to the point where I can make kind of a significant amount of income on it? Because there is an investment. Um, The basic plan is $29 a month. And a lot of the integrations do cost, you know, like a few dollars a month to add on. So uh, there is a cost associated with it. So that's something to consider. Uh, You know, do you want to pay a monthly fee for the shop, which increases the overhead, uh, you know, which can I which can take away from your bottom line. Um, But, you know, the people that I've worked with that want to transfer to Shopify, they are well beyond that threshold. So once you've decided that you'd like to do that, the only other thing is, you know, do I want to start with a basic store or do I want to start with a power selling store? And 99.9% of the people that I've worked with uh, can do very well on the Shopify basic plan with the... um, with the built-in functionality, like you can create an entire website. You can, uh, they have templates to create kind of your shipping policies and your terms of use or terms of service and your privacy policies. So you don't even really have to worry about those types of things. They have um, add-ins for um, GDPR compliance, for uh, integrating your website with your social media channels, for setting up your Facebook and uh, Google tracking pixels and um, connecting your Um, custom domain, all of that is very, very easy to do with Shopify. So you really just need to have the information. So even if you already, you don't already have a custom domain, you can actually buy the domain from Shopify. So once you've decided that Shopify is a good platform for you to use, it's exceptionally easy um, to kind of migrate to that platform. I don't know if that answers the question. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I love your distinction around when to start considering to use Shopify. And if you're at that point where maybe it has been a hobby and you've kind of been testing to see if people would even buy the product on like Etsy or a different marketplace and you're really ready to kind of own your own company and kind of really go beyond just making a few sales here and there and I love that distinction that you made. And I think it's so important as well that you are owning your audience when you move on to some of these platforms where you don't really have control of how many people are coming 
to Etsy, you don't necessarily have a relationship with them afterwards, where someone who is coming to your Shopify site, like they are able to opt into your newsletter. Uh, Maybe that even happens at the point of purchase. And so you're able to kind of build relationships and stay in touch with those people who are already decided that they want to try your products. Maybe they love your products. And I think that's such an important distinction to make. And I know as well, when you were talking about, you know, does it make sense to invest in the $29 plan a month for Shopify? And I mean, I know people that have been on Etsy and it has gotten to that kind of price wars of like, how low can you go? And, you know, to really capture some of that web traffic, especially if there's a lot of other people selling in your category, they really have gone to like an advertising model. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, for someone who's also a little unsure, who maybe has been advertising on Etsy, it might be worth looking at, you know, how much are you spending in advertising a month? And is that really kind of helping support you in, in growing in the way you want? Or does maybe investing $29 a month actually work out to be maybe more a little cost effective to then really kind of grow and and own that audience. So I think that's a very important distinction to make. Um, It's kind of like on Facebook, like you don't own your followers, but you do own your email list. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so I'd love maybe you also mentioned a little bit about like the technical know-how So if someone's kind of listening to this and they're like, wow, that sounds like a lot of moving parts. I don't know if I have enough technical know-how to do that. When would you maybe recommend that someone would hire someone to build a site or do it for them? Or what kind of time and money investment might one be looking at initially? Um, That's a great question. And I'm I'm really about to nerd out here because I'm very passionate about this. I'm learning about the... um, Shopify partner program right now. So the, and I think the Shopify partner program is the greatest thing ever. Um, so basically it's a, or network, it's a network or a community of professionals that can help you develop Shopify stores. So as a partner, um, I'm a Shopify partner, so I can either create a demo store, just build it out completely and then sell that store wholesale to someone else. Um, or I can join their account as a uh, as a partner, as an assistant, as a developer, or as a marketer, um, and and drive certain aspects of the site. Uh, so you can completely, you know, without with very little technical knowledge, you can complete your own store. You can. Uh, create uh, your store, set up your shipping rates, set up your payment gateway. Um, You can apply a free theme. They have lots of free themes available. Um, You can do all of that yourself. But if you want to uh, take it up a notch, so if you want to add like custom colors or some custom branding or custom code into your site, or if you really just don't have the time to set up all of the integrations, you can definitely hire someone to do that. And you can select from one of the partners that's available, or you can pick your own person and then sign them up have them sign up to be a partner and then work through the store that way. Um, And then uh, on Shopify, the number of partners, the number, the partners don't contribute to the number of, I guess, staff is what they call on Shopify. Uh, So the basic plan includes a few staff members, but partners don't count towards that limit. Um, So if you wanted to have a developer working on your site and also maybe a designer that's, you know, customizing your theme. And if you wanted to have someone in marketing, doing your email marketing and managing your customer um, list or, you know, if you have another vendor that's a fulfillment partner, all of those people um, can kind of log in and not necessarily contribute to that limit. So that's that's a really great thing. Um, but yeah, basically, 
Bottom line is that you can definitely create it with very little technical knowledge or effort uh, by yourself, um, but it's also very easy to enlist the help of someone of your choosing or someone that you choose from a marketplace to help you develop your store. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think that's that's so cool. They had that partner program. I don't think I realized they had that. But being able to kind of enlist that help, especially if you feel like you're getting stuck as you kind of dive in, I know like setting up the shipping and kind of some of that back end stuff can feel a little bit overwhelming. So that's awesome. I didn't know they had that program. Oh, yeah. I, I'm learning about it. I'm in the process of becoming a, I don't think it's certified. I think it's just a well-learned partner. <laughs> um, but as I learn more about the program, I'm just even a bigger fan of it because one of the hurdles is always, you know, if I give this person access to my site, if I stop working with them, are they going to run off with my website? And I've actually seen that happen a few times. And, you know, I hate it when that happens. So I love that the partner platform allows you to control who has access to your site and when they have the access. So, um, you know, once the relationship is over, you literally just terminate the login uh, and you have in retain full control over your site. Um, and then, you know, if you have someone else to build that site for you, once they've handed it over in the platform, you own it completely. They can, they can't just like take it back from you. So I really love it. I'm a big fan of it. Um, and I, that's a, one of the, other reasons why I'm a huge fan of Shopify. Yes, that's wonderful. So I know we were talking a little bit about like email marketing and you've listed some other tools, but I'd love to kind of circle back to some of the marketing tools that are in Shopify. So once you have your store set up, there's obviously the email component, which you said can be used either within the platform or maybe use another outside platform, maybe something like MailChimp. And I'm curious, is that because for like segmentation reasons or what would be your advice there? Um, I think Shopify acknowledges that, you know, a lot of these small business solutions are kind of piecemeal. Uh, and so th their app integrations allow you to take your existing subscriptions and your existing platforms and just bring them into one dashboard. So um, you can use the built-in uh, email function, but if you already have a MailChimp or if you already have Klaviyo or Drip, or constant contact, or I'm not going to continue naming all the 50 million email providers, but if you already <laughs> are using those for email marketing, um, Shopify just wants to make it very easy for you to continue using those and to integrate the functionality of those platforms into your Shopify store so you can manage everything from one place. Hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think that's an important piece because it can feel overwhelming, especially if you already have those things in place and you want to move to Shopify, it can feel a little overwhelming to have to navigate how to put that together. So I love that they have those integrations. Right, right. And it sounds like they also have a lot of social media in integrations. Um, I know you mentioned like installing the Google Pixel and the Facebook Pixel. Um, what other tools are available inside the Shopify? Um, so basically all of the social media platforms have a, a, like a free Shopify featured integration. Um, so if you are selling on Facebook or if you even if you just have a Facebook page or a Facebook fan page, um, you can connect those to Shopify very easily. If you don't already have a pixel, part of the process allows you to walk through setting up a pixel for Facebook slash Instagram now um, and Google. Um, so they make it very, very easy. Um, there's also an integration for Pinterest and like the advanced Pinterest selling features. And they recently rolled out a new advertising 
advertising integration with TikTok. So they are definitely <laughs> invested in having you to connect through all of the channels where uh, you can feature your products and sell your products and then advertise to your audiences. So all of those social media integrations are um, built in and uh, there are other uh, integrations as well. So um, for different store types, basically. So uh, when you think of e-commerce, you think of somebody that's selling a product um, but there are also, you know, service businesses um, and then drop shipping and print on demand and, and things like that are also options. So they have lots of integrations to help you manage those different types of uh, businesses as well. Uh, and the different integrations, you know, the, they vary based on the, the business model. Yes. And now that uh, Instagram has replaced our notification button or moved it, I guess, <laughs> replace it with shopping, um, it's kind of within what I was reading about the thumb zone, right? So if you're holding your phone, the tools in the bottom of the Instagram app are easier to access. So yeah. um, that shopping button is there. I think it'll be interesting to see how that does impact businesses. And um, again, another opportunity to get your products in front of people and, and have that integration set up. Right. One of the, um, the criticisms that I'd heard about Instagram shopping uh, was that it's, it's kind of the same as with some of those marketplace platforms where you have zero interaction with the customer outside of the actual transaction. Uh, so let me back up a little bit. On Instagram shopping, you can click on a post and buy a thing or buy an item or buy a product directly in the platform without having to navigate to an external website. Um, but uh, as the last that I check, and I'm not sure if this has changed in the, you know, since they launched the feature, uh, you, you can't capture email addresses. You can't follow up with that person with marketing. You can't, you know, reach back out to them. So it's kind of limiting that way. Um, but you have that once, if you do that integration through Shopify, then you can bring them in to your CRM as a customer. And then they have the option to subscribe, which gives you the option to retarget them, you know, for things like abandoned carts or to reach out to them with uh, additional marketing and, and promotions and sales and things like that. Yeah, I think that's a great piece again to make. I mean, the more that you can have that customer data, the more you're going to be able to not only be in touch with them, but learn more about where they're coming from. Um, and hopefully they're leaving reviews and also promoting the business with word of mouth. So I think that the customer relationship, I think, is is everything to any business. So I think that's a good distinction to make too. Right. Yeah. So I know we've talked a little bit about, you know, setting up your Shopify. We've talked a little bit about um, kind of some of the tools that are available to be marketing. And so let's say someone has all this set up and maybe they don't feel like their web traffic is the same as maybe it was on Etsy or on a different platform. So do you have any recommendations for increasing your web traffic? Uh, yes. Uh, and that that's a big question that you will, as a business owner, you will ask yourself when you get on Shopify, because, you know, it's it's kind of like it's not a if they build it, if you build it, they will come scenario. It's It definitely requires a lot more marketing um, work than, you know, a marketplace website. Um, but the biggest thing that I would say just with any website, uh, even if it is, you know, on a marketplace platform, is that you have to continue to drive engagement. You have to. Um, continue to engage with your customers. You don't just put the products out there and just like, all right, well, I uploaded a new product and they should 
you know, show up in hordes at any time now. <laughs> it's really about <laughs> letting people know that you are out there and that your product is out there and really engaging them with your brand, you know, traditional marketing. Um, so the email, I, the best way to do that, in my opinion, on Shopify is with email marketing. And I get the question a lot of whether email marketing is dead, but it is not. It is very much alive. Um, it's very easy to do on Shopify. And I think it's very effective. Um, and, you know, Shopify analytics or Shopify has built in analytics that allow you to track the success of those different marketing efforts. Um, so it's a lot easier to tweak. Um, but whether you put a blog on your actual Shopify site or within your Shopify website, or if you use your external social social media channels to drive traffic back to the site, um, definitely focus on putting that content out there, uh, you know, on your social media or on a blog um, to just drive people to the site and continuous, continuously drive people to the site. Um, and then once they are customers, uh, bring them back. Um, I know there's a marketing term for that. <laughs> like get them to come back. <laughs> um, but yeah, re-engage them and, and, you know, bring them back to um, like revisit the site and check out new things when they're available. Yes, absolutely. And I can't underscore or highlight enough that email marketing is not dead. In fact, I feel like those are the people who are like your biggest brand advocates. I mean, they're the ones that have come to you and said, yes, I want more from you. So I think that's always an important distinction. I mean, maybe email lists don't grow at the rapid rate they did when email marketing first came out and we were signing up for everything. Right. I think people have a little bit more boundaries on their inboxes these days. But if you're really adding value and helping them you know, meet a need with your products, and it's, it's a very valuable platform. And again, like I said earlier, it's just like you don't own your social media following. So I always encourage people to invite their followers to join your email list because then you have more of that relationship, you own that list. And if Instagram disappears tomorrow, you still have a way of connecting with those customers. Right. That's so important. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about measuring or well, the setup and the marketing. And so I'd love to talk a little bit about how do we measure some of the metrics and the insights for e-commerce? You know, a lot of people who are makers or product-based businesses are very creative people, and sometimes the numbers can scare us. <laughs> so I'm curious, what what do you recommend monitoring and how can entrepreneurs leverage some of the data that's available to help make better decisions in their business? So I am definitely, well, I won't say I'm the wrong person to ask. I am probably the best person to ask, but I'm not the person to ask if you don't want to feel absolutely overwhelmed <laughs> because I'm a huge <laughs> fan. I'm a huge fan of using data. I actually got my MBA in business analytics. And so using data to make decisions is my thing. Uh, and so when I, I set up, I love that. yeah, like, I, I mean, I just love it so much. It's, it's, um, when you have the right information, you can make informed decisions. Uh, and marketing is really just one big experiment. Um, and having those analytics, having those analytics allows you to track the moving parts of those experiments and the the inputs and the outputs and how well is something is working or not working, as it were. Um, and so Shopify has some very basic analytics. Um, when you first log in, if you don't integrate anything, if you don't turn on a pixel, if you don't, you know, connect any other websites, 
they will show you the number of people or they call them sessions that are visiting your website and to the extent that they can, where they're coming from, what time they're logging in, things like that. Um, from there, it just gets more robust with some of the integration. So once you've added in that Facebook pixel and once you've added in that Google tracking pixel, you can see even more information. Um, and then once you've connected um, Google Analytics and Google Search Console, um, then you have additional information about you know where your traffic is coming from, uh, how effective your campaigns are. Um, it, you know when you have things like backlinks, um, like from other websites, when other websites link to your website, um, you can get information on how effective all of those different channels are at not only driving traffic to your website, but kind of getting people or getting customers that buy things to come to your website. Um, so when I set up Shopify websites for people, I'm a big fan of setting up dashboards. I love dashboards. I've done dashboards in corporate and I still do dashboards as a small business consultant because they're just so powerful. Seeing all of that information in one place is just so powerful. Um, so thinking about some of the specific metrics that you want to look at, um, of course, the number of sessions. So how many people are actually visiting your site in a day or a week or a month? Um, how much time are they spending on the site? Uh, if you notice that you're getting a ton of traffic, um, but they only stay for like two minutes, uh, you know, what does it take to get them to engage more with the site? Like that's an indicator that um, they're seeing, they're seeing the home page or this whatever page that they're landing on on the site is not compelling enough for them to continue. Um, so that that's when you would look at how can I make this more compelling? How can I get them to scroll down or get them to click through? Um, so looking at the sessions, looking at the, the amount of time that people are spending on the site, looking at the different referral sources, um, you can add, they call them UTM codes to your links and um, your Facebook and Google pixels will kind of track where people are coming from. So if you send out an email and you add like this little code to the end of your email, um, it'll, it'll tell you, hey, you know, you sent out that Black Friday email last week, six people clicked the link in that email, and then they ended up buying something. So you know that that's a very effective way to kind of reach out to the different types of customers that are coming to your site. Um, so I'm a big fan of putting all of those things in a dashboard at, at one given time so that you can drill down into the data to know what is working and what isn't working. So primary concern would be, are people coming to the site? Yes or no. You know, how many people are coming to the site? How are they getting there? And then once they get to the site, what are they doing? Um, uh, tracking analytics also helps you keep up with, uh, I call them fall-off points. I guess pretty much everybody calls them fall-off points. <laughs> but it helps you keep up with those fall-off points or when something might be wrong on the site. So are people having sticker shock? They see the price of the product and they're like, nope, not going to do that. Um, or are they encountering an error of some sort, you know, when they go through the site? So if you notice that, um, you know, you're all of your mobile customers are coming through and once they click checkout, they fall off, then that's an indicator that something is wrong with your checkout process. It's not mobile optimized. Um, so tracking those analytics can help you identify problems or ident identify fall off points in the flow, in your customer flow and in, or in the flow of your customer experience. Um, and then it can just help kind of keep an eye on the health of the site. So if you notice that your traffic is dying off over time or 
you know, the, uh, it's kind of growing stagnant, then, you know, you can reevaluate and say, okay, do I need to do some advertising? Do I need to, you know, change my products up? Do I need to optimize my um, product descriptions for better search engine optimization? You know, should I invest in some blogs to improve my search engine rankings? Um, you know, that those types of things. And I know I just completely overwhelmed everybody. I'm very passionate about data. <laughs> like, I think data is powerful. Um, you know, having that information helps you make informed decisions. And so I'm a huge fan of just all of the data that is available. Like, use all the data. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I think... I mean, I love obviously storytelling and words, but at the same time, numbers also tell a story. And I love how you were talking about marketing is just one big experiment. And we really are kind of like just these little scientists who are like, what happens when you mix this with this? And what happens if we look at this? And I mean, that is a huge element to marketing. And, and I think you actually touched on a lot of really important metrics, especially when it comes to the health of our website and really evaluating that customer journey. We want them to not only have a good experience, but we want to make it easy for them. And like you said, if people are falling off your website at a specific point, like that's an opportunity for you to go, how do we improve this process? And so I'm with you. I'm a big, big fan of having a dashboard and you know, for those listening who maybe do feel overwhelmed, I would just say start with like four or five different metrics that you're going to monitor over a period of time and just see what you learn from that process. And then you can always dive deeper into the data as often as you need to. But really, it's starting with a couple key metrics that you know are going to help you make better decisions. And maybe there's a couple that you test and learn. Maybe you don't know if that metric is going to help you glean more insights into your customer journey, but maybe you monitor it for a certain period of time and just see what's presented. And I mean, all of these things, I like to think of them as being like different levers that you can pull. And it's just a matter of which levers do you want to turn up? Which do you want to turn down? And yeah, exactly. (laughs) Feedback comes from your customers. So I think that was great, great insights. And yes, they can be overwhelming, but they're also your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I love that you condensed it to five points. And yeah, if I had to, if I had to kind of recommend five to start with, um, very simple metrics that are already baked into Shopify um, would definitely be the number of sessions, uh, which they show you front and center on your dashboard. Um, because email marketing is so important, um, if you have a uh, landing page up or a coming soon page uh, and you put an email, like a sign up to you know our email list uh, on your landing page or on your coming soon page, kind of keep up with the number of people that's subscribing to your email list um, and then the metrics associated with that, like how are they engaging with your emails? Um, and then I'm trying to keep it basic. So yeah, the number of <laughs> sessions and the number of email subscribers and then um, like the actual site health. So uh, Shopify has a, in, in the Shopify dashboard, it shows you how quickly your website loads in comparison to similar sites. Um, and if you notice that that is much slower than other sites in your kind of niche or in your industry, um, then definitely kind of attempt to pinpoint what might be slowing that down. And they have a great little wizard that walks you through how to do that um, so that the, exper- the, the experience is better for customers, that the pages are loading quickly, everything works on desktop and mobile, uh, and they're not things that will get your site kind of blacklisted by um 
you know, uh, search engines or just kind of abandoned by people that come to the site. Well, actually, that's only three, but I'll, I'll go with three. <laughs> yeah, I love that Shopify has that kind of health um, metrics built in. I don't think any other sites really have that to that extent. I mean, they, they have some basic metrics, but um, really going deeper into that is wonderful. So that's kind of another point of distinction. I think it's good to highlight. So we are about to move into the largest online holiday shopping season ever seen <laughs> in 2020. So there's going to be a lot of people competing for business online, um, especially as we are ordering gifts for those near and far. So I'm curious if you have recommendations or insights or maybe predictions, uh, any tips to help entrepreneurs as we move through the holidays and even into early 2020 for kind of optimizing our own traffic and sales during this very busy season. Right. Um, so if you are kind of new <laughs> to, uh, if you're just getting started with your Black Friday marketing, it's a little bit late <laughs> um, because a lot of the, um, a lot of the strength or a lot of the advantage in when you're when it comes to Black Friday marketing is kind of cultivating your audience and priming them for the offers that are to come. That said, it's not too late. Um, I think channels like uh, social media or you know if you're on YouTube, I think those would be good channels at this point. Maybe not YouTube, um, but definitely social media would be an excellent place to kind of talk about what you're doing for uh, Black Friday or um, Small Business Saturday, which is the day after Black Friday. Um, and then Cyber Monday, which is also called Cyber Week. <laughs> so there's still some opportunities there. Uh, so if you're just getting started, definitely plan to put out a lot of content around your brand and your products and your deals um, for this holiday season for the next uh, week or so or yeah, week or two weeks. Um, I've heard a lot of uh, kind of experts saying that, you know, with the kind of lockdowns or with the social distancing that comes from um, the pandemic, a lot of people are, um, you know, using their dollars to show their love, you know, or trying to kind of simulate those experiences through sending gifts. Um, so if gift wrap or something that kind of makes the, the shipping option a little bit more personalized, um, if those options are available for the product that you're selling online, definitely go there to try to make it as special as possible because you're thinking about, you know, your customers, they're probably sending these things to other people in lieu of, you know, showing up at a holiday party with a gift or, you know, doing a year end gift for their customers. If they're a B2B, if, if you're a B2B business. Um, so, you know, just trying to offer those um, kind of special touches that help people connect with the, you know, the recipient of the gifts, if what they're buying is a gift. Um, and then just in staying engaged, um, even if you're not always saying, hey, here's my stuff, buy it now, um, you know, a happy holidays message or for small business Saturday, definitely promoting other small businesses um, is is a good way to kind of show up on social media. That's actually the the thing that I'm planning to do is, is promote all the small businesses that, you know, I follow and love um, for small business Saturday because, you know, the, the power of small business, there's so many small businesses and the, they need community support and communities fully support their small businesses. So it's super important. 
Um, but yeah, engage with customers, um, you know, add those special touches uh, that help create that closeness even across distances um, and then help promote uh, other small businesses. Those are the top three. Uh, trying to think if there are more. No, maybe. I love that idea of really making it about, you know, adding that special extra touch because we all need that more connection and your point about priming the audience. I think that's huge. I think sometimes we think about like, oh, we're running a sales and we'll just send an email about it. But I think that's, you know, telling people it's coming and prepping them for it and even having different incentives for different weeks leading up to the holiday season, I think can be a wonderful thing as well so that people are kind of anticipating there's going to be a different offer each week or maybe there's free shipping or tiers of um, discounts as you get closer and closer to the holidays. I know a lot of the big box stores, which not the same as entrepreneurship, but a lot of the big box stores, you know, they're offering the same typical Black Friday sales online as they usually do in store. And so, and they're not just offering on the day, they're offering all month long. So I think there's also lessons in that when we look to some of the bigger stores and how they're handling what is usually kind of their biggest time of the year and where we see on the news people rushing into the stores. So um, <laughs> there's definitely a lot to learn and just kind of observe even this year from from what how people are adapting given the pandemic. Right, exactly. Yeah, so before I ask my last question, I'd love for you to tell everyone where they can connect with you further. Sure. Um so for small business owners, uh, I am on Instagram as at KRS underscore consulting. Uh, if you are, uh, I call them DIY marketers. So if you're marketing your own business, if you know, whether it's because you are have a ton of free time or you just don't have a really huge budget and you're just getting started with marketing, I teach uh, the just I give tips and um, tricks, I guess, for DIY marketing or getting started in marketing when you just don't have a huge marketing team to kind of fall back on. Um, so yeah, on Instagram as at KRS underscore consulting. Um, my website is waltonbirch.com. That's W-A-L-T-O-N. B-I-R-C-H.com. Um, and there's also uh, kind of a DIY marketing section of that website as well. But if you're in the D-I-F-M, the do it for me camp. There's information on that there as well. Wonderful. I love that. (laughs) Um, I will have all of that in the show notes as well. And so my last question for you is how does being intentional show up in your life or business? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, for me, being intentional it kind of aligns with, you know, mindfulness and, and staying in the present. And as a small business owner and as, you know, as a marketer, so I work with uh, brands and businesses that are, you know, ramping up for Black Friday and they're feeling the pressure and a little bit of stress and kind of competing with uh, big big brands and and getting prepared for the holidays. So it's really easy to just get ahead of yourself with, Oh, what am I going to do next week? What am I going to, you know, how am I going to promote this? What is the next thing that we have to do? Um, but being really intentional, A, is kind of planning ahead to give yourself some breathing room to kind of make a plan before all of the madness happens on how you're going to market to your audience. How are you going to engage with the audience? And then on a personal note, how are you going to take some time for yourself? You know, how are you going to disconnect and get away um, from the madness for a little bit during the holidays. And, uh, you know, if you are visiting family or friends or doing, you know, virtual holidays, you know, how will you make sure that the business and the marketing things are running smoothly, even, uh, 
while you're taking some time off. So putting a little bit of planning into that can be intentional and help you to be mindful when you are in those other places. Um, and then just uh, having a clear goal, uh, having a clear objective uh, when you're talking to your audience, just generally, but definitely throughout the holidays. Um, it's going to be important because people are, are hearing a lot of messaging. And so if it's just like, hey, there's another sale, it's a sale, there's some stuff, hey, come buy my stuff, <laughs> you know, then you you get lost in all of the other noise that is happening, um, you know, but if you can kind of remember that, you know, your your clients or your audience or your customers are people just like you and they're feeling a little bit of pressure. They're feeling the shopping pressure to get those gifts out. You know, they're feeling the financial pressure of buying and shipping gifts to people who may be all over the United States or all over the world. Um, and then if you can help them to kind of take a moment to stop and reflect and be in the present, I think that they would appreciate that as well. So it's really just all about the connection. So part of in being intentional is, is connecting with your customers and making a concerted effort to connect with your customers and with your audience throughout these holidays and hectic times. Uh, and then just, you know, be mindful and, and, and staying present whenever you get the chance. Yes, I think that's such a wonderful reminder, especially as we round out what has been a crazy year. And being present, being intentional is so important and really taking that time for ourselves, especially as most of us are probably not gathering with large groups of people over the holidays and I think it is an opportunity to really slow down and, and connect with people virtually and nurture ourselves. And so I cannot thank you enough for being here. I think there are so many great tips that you have shared and shed some more light into Shopify and the importance of that platform and the marketing available, the marketing tools available in that platform and great advice for helping people prepare for their holiday sales. So thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode, please subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode is available. And if you really love this episode, please rate and review the podcast so that other conscious business leaders like yourself can join our community of listeners. If you'd like to connect with me further, you'll find me hanging out on Instagram at Charlotte Chipperfield. Come join me there or check out chipperfieldmedia.com for free resources subscribe to my monthly newsletter and learn more about the holistic marketing system.